yeah, there's it, it's a it's a serious business and, and a, for a good reason, too. You know, we, we want to be able to to make sure that the superintendent, you know, we offer him a contract, you know, for you know, in this case, you know, three years. But we want to make sure all along the way we can kind of provide that feedback to say, you know, here are the, the points that you're doing well. Here are the, the you know, the areas where we need to be able to improve. Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet, WFPR.FM, and in the local Franklin Mass FM radio, dial 102.9, in the car, at home, out and about. Today, via Zoom, we've got another chalkboard chat session. Yes, there was a school committee meeting last week, and due to our schedules, we meet the week after, and that's fine, because we've got a bunch of things to cover, and we've got two days <laughs> to do it again, so... Chair of the school committee, Dave Callahan, good evening and welcome. Hey, thanks so much for uh, for the invitation as always, Steve. And Vice Chair, Dave McNeil, welcome as well. Thank you, Steve. Good evening. It's great to be here talking with you guys. Yes, the weather outside is frightful, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll spend some time talking school business here. Yeah, we, uh, we tried to jam it all in uh, uh, last Tuesday. You had a packed set of three meetings, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I feel like one just wasn't enough. Right? Yeah, we kind of had to Optimize. slap in a couple of more. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You're going to be going out, going to take time away from the family. Might as well make some progress and do some stuff. Exactly, exactly. Make the most of it. Yep. So no, the first correct. session, Dave McNeil, you led the uh, budget subcommittee to talk about the capital requests. Exactly, Steve. So, um, during this meeting, uh, Superintendent Gear and um, business, um, business Administrator Bob Dutch, they went through our um, capital requests presented to us so that we could take a look and vote on them and the budget subcommittee and present them to the larger school committee that evening. And then in having a quick turnaround, be prepared for the finance committee presentation the following night of all the department's capital requests. So uh, it was it was definitely very timely and, and it was a good conversation to start our overall budget discussions that we're gonna be having over the next few weeks and months ahead. So um, a couple highlights in the you know, capital improvement, improvement requests. Um, they mentioned um, special education van that's gonna be in need of replacement, talking about a, a math curriculum um, replacement materials for middle school, and then a number of different technology requests, um, some for new Chromebooks and others for staff and administrator um, laptop placements, or rather to um, extend the warranty so they wouldn't need to be replaced, and then a number of other different technology-related requests. And um, it was you know, great to kind of get a firsthand look to see what the, the needs are in terms of these um, these capital needs and requests, but also to get true insight into how they are really impacting the um, educational experience of our students and the and just the proactive thinking that goes into them. Um, particularly, you know, for example, with the Chromebooks and and extending warranties of other Chromebooks, we have kind of a, a life cycle tracker for the different technology that we use. And as I'm sure um, most of our listeners are 
aware, you know, most of the students nowadays, you know, aren't using, you know, old textbooks like we did you know, back in school for most of their classes, they're using Chromebooks. It's much more um, convenient to have all the materials you know, right there, at their fingertips, but also it's great preparation for the future, you know, with, uh, you know, for um, the going on to university, but also in the workplace. So you get uh, multiple uses out of there that we're providing for our students and to make sure that these students have the technology that's up to date and that's useful for them. It's certainly imperative for their own skill building, but also for the educational experience they're receiving and making sure that we're proactive to ensure that they're having um, technology and materials that are up to date and you know not failing halfway through the year um, is, in, is imperative. It's also uh, money saving when we keep track of um, the, the life cycles, all the all the different technology. And same thing with um, curriculum, for example, being proactive about ensuring that we're getting the best deal up front, even though it might seem like a lot of money up front, having, um, taking a look at what curriculum are out there and, and purchasing those allows us to get oftentimes you know, better deals for purchasing it for over a number of years instead of just purchasing it for one year. So um, it was really good to see just how our administration is taking an approach to when they put in these you know, capital requests. And it's very, very well thought out. And ultimately, every part of it goes directly towards you know, improving um, Franklin education. So you know, on the budget subcommittee, we were happy to you know, review it, ask questions, and ultimately approve it. We we're very happy that the um, broader committee that evening um, also approved it and that the finance committee the next day when they asked their questions, um, they also approved it. So yeah, it was a very productive meeting. And uh, again, just you know, one part of the overall larger budget process and conversation that we're gonna be having over the next few weeks and months. Yes, you know, just reinforce the school vans i believe you've got 11 and there's kind of a plan to address them on a periodic basis i recall what was it last budget cycle you wanted to replace one it wasn't funds were sufficient it ended up breaking and the, the town ended up coming up with the money be, to replace it because it, it, it there was no choice you had to exactly exactly so you know when a, when a piece of equipment breaks down um, it's, you know, it's not an abstract impact that it has. You know, it, it affects, you know, it affects education um, for our students. And in this case, it you know, affects the education of um, students with um, with special education needs. And, you know, exactly to you know, your case in point, you mentioned in the last budget cycle, you know, we try to be proactive. So those things don't happen. And, you know, it's not like, you know, we're just asking for brand new shiny vans because we got tired of the, the color of the paint from last year. It's like, no, we have, we're keeping um, good track of the, the life cycle of these vans and asking for funds to replace them when we think that it's in due time for them to be replaced. So um, it was excellent to really to see that, that it's, it's just very thoughtful, methodical with these requests. You know, we're not asking for things that aren't getting used or or just um, frivolous upgrades, but really things that are essential to the modern educational place that mm -hmm. uh, that our students are um, are experiencing that we want to provide for them in Franklin. And it was good from my point of view to see that the other two members of your committee who are relatively new to the committee to begin with, you know, we're, we're not afraid to ask questions and they ask questions that, oh, maybe they've been asked before, but they were still valid in terms of, okay, what's the least versus buy option? 
they had examined that, they answered the question. And, you know, related to, well, what's the timing? If we do a, you know, uh, a warranty extension at some point in time, that's still going to come due, right? So, yeah, they're, they're at least attempting to plan as much as possible to try and minimize that outflow, i.e. capital spend over time. But at some point in time, that truly is the one of the issues we have. And I think it was highlighted as well in the high school presentation later, but um, high school was done 10 years ago. So there's pieces in there that are now going to have to start getting replaced from a technology perspective. And oh, by the way, while the high school was built and then all everything went in it 10, for 10 years ago, we can't put everything back in all at the same time. That's going to cost us too much. So we're going to have to make decisions in terms of we'll do this here, this something next year, this something next year, and and so forth. Exactly. And um, yeah, to to your point right there, you know, the warranties for extending um, the laptop, just as as one example for staff and admin, you know, that is the more cost effective option right now. Even if in even if down the line they might need to be replaced for the exact um, for that exact reason of needing to balance our requests to make sure that a number of different areas are being addressed and that it's not just um, only technology or only laptops or only um, vans, but you know, we want to make sure that all of our requests you know, touch on different places that are necessary to be improved upon and that there's a good balance there while taking um, fiscal responsibility into account. So yeah, it's a lot of plates being spun, but you know, we have um, great admin that are um, putting, uh, being very thoughtful um, while putting these proposals together. And as you mentioned, um, very diligent school committee members that are asking great questions and um, really having a thoughtful conversation and discussion while bringing these matters to the full committee and, you know, and to the public ultimately. Yeah. And for the listeners, the meeting went less than 30 minutes. The audio recording is available. So if you really want the details, you can listen to it. The links will be in the show notes. And then after that half hour pre-warmer, if you will, then the other day you went into a MASC workshop around the superintendent evaluation and you had the entire committee on the same page with the superintendent as well. And we did. The, the district lead uh, from uh, MASC with Tracy Novick coming back to help you go through that. Yeah, it, as we, uh, you know, because we'll have to, one of the, the, the bigger, um, you know, objectives that we have is to provide that evaluation to the superintendent. And so, yeah, we were able to get everybody on board. We actually, uh, Superintendent Jagir and I kind of had a, a quick little conversation a couple of days before whether or not he should actually be present mm. as we're we're actively we're talking about him. We're, we're going to you know, something might kind of come up, but uh, we got, I went to to Tracy, uh, the MASC uh, rep, and she was like, no, the the better, you know, more people in the room, if he could be there, it's fantastic. And so, yeah, we had a great conversation just kind of talking about all of the, the criteria that we're going to be looking at and we're going to be responsible for when assessing Lucas. And we were also able to kind of, this is great, uh, Lucas was able to kind of pull in the existing framework because what happened, you know, the old um, last term, we approved all of the goals and all of the indicators that we're really going to be looking at to kind of grade them on it. Right. But we were able to pull it up in real time and say, all right, here's what we're looking at. So everybody, you know, is, uh, you know, ensure that they're on the same page. You know, here's the stuff that is going to be presented to us over the coming months and uh, that we'll eventually, you know, be having to give, you know, a grade to Lucas on, on how well he's doing. 
Um, and uh, but also in real time, Tracy was right there to say, this is great. We're hitting this. We're doing this, you know, uh, wonderfully. Uh, you know, I think she, she said if, if we were to grade our rubric, it would be get that, that highest mark, the exemplary. And so uh, it went well. We had, you know, some more great conversations. And it's just with such a, a new batch, you know, we got the majority is, uh, you know, first time school committee members. Right. And so the fact that, you know, we've already kind of had some two big MASC workshops. Uh, and, uh, you know, as you mentioned right before that, you know, that meeting, a lot of great questions coming out of some of these new members. We're really trying to hit the ground running as uh, this is a, it's a big learning curve, this mm-hmm. job. And, uh, but everybody is, is up for the task. Yeah. I think the other couple, and as many, as many of these workshops as I've been in, fortunately, I'm always learning something, maybe something just pops up, et cetera. Um, a little bit new, different, different question, different nuance, whatever, but the, in the, the legal ease around the format, I think Tracy said, you're the only the body as a school committee is the only non-paid group actually using this in a review process, whereas everybody else within the education world is a paid person doing the review, et cetera, which is, is, is the importance of the role that you have, I think, speaks to that as well. It's, it's a well-defined process. It's not just Dave and Dave going off and say, oh, we'll do this, we'll do that. No, no, this is this is a process. Oh, absolutely it is. And I got to, you know, give um, all the, the thanks and combination to our, the former, um, the vice chair, Elise Stokes, who really kind of uh, helped put a lot of this together. And, you know, we're just we're standing on her shoulders. But, yeah, there's it, it's a it's a serious business and, and a, for a good reason, too. You know, we, we want to be able to to make sure that the superintendent, you know, we offer him a contract you know, for, you know, in this case, you know, three years, but we want to make sure all along the way, we can kind of provide that feedback to say, you know, here are the, the points that you're doing well, here are the, the, you know, the areas where we need to be able to improve because, you know, while we're that, that overseeing body, you know, he's the one that's actually kind of going and making so many of the decisions. We want to make sure that that's pointing the district in the best direction at every step of the way. I think it was appropriate as well to the extent that the discussion was more around the process and in some cases in terms of the prioritization, while there's what 10 or 15 different objectives and indices, you're picking some of those to the extent that he was part of that discussion. That makes sense because he's the one who has to deliver and then provide the documentation to you over time for which the review it's not specifically in terms of okay this is the actual review piece right so that's a different set of discussion that'll be down later right when the subcommittee actually takes that role and does it absolutely and so um yeah it was i think it was a great conversation i think there was a lot of a lot of questions that were asked hopefully a lot of great takeaways and uh looking forward to kind of seeing what the subcommittee and the committee as a whole kind of comes out with as a product. You know, one of the big ones too, Tracy constantly kept mentioning uh, that we have the option of weight, uh, providing weight to, uh, to each of the different indicators, mm. you know, a little like levers to kind of pull to say, this is more important to us than another. And uh, apparently no, no other district in Massachusetts that she's aware of uh, weights, any other indicator. So if we do go down that route, uh, we got to make sure to, uh, to let her know, I think we'll be the first in the Commonwealth. 
Yeah, and I think she was alluding to maybe some people are fearing the math <laughs> because that does complicate things. I mean, you've got a complicated process to begin with, and then now you now you start throwing in some numbers around this is more than that. It's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Instead of just every, you know, you got five, everything's worth 20%. Yeah. You know, you mix it up a little bit, but right. there is that, that benefit to say, no, no, no. Like in, in this term, we really want to be focused on communication or on the, the ethics or whatever the case might be. So let's, let's bump that up from instead of the 20%, maybe that gets that 35, 40, because we are having that, that higher value, mm -hmm. you know, because um, I know it was said all the time before with the, you know, the budget, you know, the, the uh, what we, what we, you know, the budget book and what we spend money on is an indicator of what we value. And I think, you know, the same could be said in terms of the superintendent evaluation, what we're putting into this and the weight that we're putting on each of these indicators uh, is uh, that show of, of support for what we value, um, you know, at, at most across the agency. Yeah. And I liked, uh, he reinforced the point, I think maybe once or twice in the meeting and he's done in other meetings. So it's kind of within his realm, but He'll also say that, yes, he's getting the evaluation, but his team is doing the work. And that's absolutely true because he can't do it all. He's certainly leading, what is it, five to 600 teachers and certainly what, X, X thousands of students. So, yeah, he's got a lot and he's he's responsible for it. Clearly, that's the throat to choke. But, yeah. <laughs> and, and then you get into your regular business. Yeah, that one just kind of bled into, uh, we had about like five minutes to to run downstairs uh, to uh, council chambers, where we had uh, the full uh, school committee meeting right after that. Mm -hmm. And I think the, I know the audio is out. I'm not sure if I've seen the video because there was, uh, unfortunately, an, a Verizon network connection break between the studio and the tower. So we weren't able to uh broadcast the meeting it was recorded it is going to be available for rebroadcast uh, re but i don't I, I haven't actually seen that up there yet but the audio is out there the notes are out there so people can still listen and then the audio will the video will catch up at some point in time yeah because this was that was the, the night that was a big uh the windstorm it was yeah. one point like some hail so it was um yeah, it was, it was quiet in the council chambers. Uh, just about everybody, a lot of the presenters were uh, were virtual. But, uh, you know, it, it started that we had, um, actually, it started, uh, you know, oftentimes with the superintendent report. Yes. And one thing that I know, um, Steve, you do a great job, too, of kind of pulling out um, the little excerpt. Uh, anytime we talk about, like, the, the newly arrivals or the, the newcomers. Yes. Um, and so, uh, yeah, Lucas had, had spoken about that. And uh, one of the things, too, just to kind of keep reiterating, uh, when it comes to the funding that uh, the state has kind of promised, uh, you know, they have a set funding amount uh, for a lot of the students that are kind of coming in. And uh, Superintendent Jagir and along with Dr. Dutch uh, have filed all the paperwork and they've kind of met all of their requirements. They had a deadline in December 1, and that has been uh, done. But at least as of the last uh, meeting that we had, there hasn't been any update from the state. Uh, in terms of that next step or the, the funding to come back, but they are in the pro they've they've completed all the, the process and paperwork they need to do uh, to kind of secure that funding back for the district and for the, the town of Franklin. Right. Yeah, that's been a evolving scenario. Um, probably at some point in time, 
the state has committed. They'll do will deliver the check at some point. But at least you've done what you needed to do. And um, this will probably come out after the council meeting the 17th. But we'll also get an update uh, at the town council meeting in terms of the town's response to the uh, new arrivals and the migrant situation at the hotel. So, yeah, it's a, it's an ongoing situation, and certainly the schools are playing their part um, in, as in part of the role of the town to uh, help them. Then, uh, yeah, after that, that we had. Um... Oak Street uh, Elementary kind of come to, to provide their presentation um, and a kind of great, you know, segue too because they're um, the recipients of uh, right now they're, uh, you know, hosting a number uh, almost exclusively uh, the new arrivals and the migrants, uh, the students over there, many of them, at, obviously, at the elementary level mm -hmm. are um, over at Oak Street and uh, but, you know, um, the principal over there, as always, just kind of came out uh, excited, talking about the challenges, but a lot of great ways about how they're addressing uh, so many of these challenges, not just related to, to the newcomers, but just to, to school in 2024 nowadays. It's it's different. And, uh, you know, they, they spoke about how they're they're attacking a lot of that. Yeah, I think one of the other takeaways I remember, and uh, I forget exactly who said it, but um, in regards to the language requirements, and clearly some of the newcomers are not all native English speakers, so there's a tremendous ESL opportunity there. English is the second language. Um, but just hearing a, a simple kid's song like Wheels on the Bus in multiple mm -hmm. languages, <laughs> that, that would be an amazing sight. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I thought the presentation was wonderful to um, highlight just the sense of community and that they that they're building there as well as the um, the real effort that admin and teachers um, make to you know tailor the educational experience as best as possible to the particular student needs. And particularly, as we just mentioned, how they've really been going above and beyond to um help um the our new our, our newly arrived students and um yeah the, you know these new guests of franklin and help them you know throughout their time that they're here to you know get the best education that, that we can provide for them and of course it's it's a challenge but they really do seem up to the task um you know, with um just um, great determination and great hearts for all the all the students there so it was really wonderful to see um just the, the efforts and initiatives that they've been undertaking yeah, for sure. And uh, the, the other takeaway that I captured as well was, while some of the newly arrived, and it's not unique to them, because there are other students who are in Franklin who, for a variety of reasons, have experienced, you know, some nature of trauma, some segment of trauma. I mean, if a parent, a grandparent um, passes suddenly, that the how you deal with that um, is an issue. And the school recognizing that trauma was and how the teachers can deal and help the students deal with trauma. Leslie University has been raged to bring a course on site and 27 staff members are, are scheduled to take the course. That's yeah, a great it, story. It, it was. It was, it was, you know, it's unfortunate that there was so much enthusiasm, you know, that that this is the environment that teachers are teaching in right now, where, uh, you know, you have a, it was a graduate level course to kind of come talking about, you know, trauma and working with trauma and do students. But, mm -hmm. but at the same time, the fact that that was able to, 
um, you know, the Brad was able to, in his team, was able to kind of pull it in uh, to have them, you know, be coming to campus to, to work, uh, to, to our campus, to, to uh, be able to provide that education. And he also spoke about being able to replicate that, um, you know, across the district, which is fantastic because, you know, these are, you know, these are kids uh, that were, I mean, you know, some of them, you know, in, in diapers when, when COVID first came around, hmm. um, you know, but other ones, you know, first, second, um, third grade. And that, so, you know, regardless of what the situation is, you know, everybody, I think you have to accept the fact that, you know, they, everybody went through something during those years. And so, hmm. you know, again, yeah, whether or not it's, it's just your situation with kind of migrating up uh, and, you know, finding a new home here in Franklin, um, or if it's something that just kind of went on, uh, you know, personally or in your environment and just COVID related, there's a lot that these students are dealing with that, you know, thankfully we didn't have to deal with, uh, you know, ourselves, you know, to, to an extent, uh, but at least to kind of be able to, uh, that, that Brad was able to, to get that program running and get so many teachers immediately jumping right into it. Uh, you know, I think it's really going to help benefit the you know all of these students all across the community once especially once we can kind of replicate this because i think it's just a fantastic idea worthy of replication yeah, i think we've said in either this forum or in other forums that you know we, we had covid as a pandemic but i think coming out of covid the next pandemic out there is really the mental health of the community mm-hmm. and certainly the schools are on the forefront of addressing that um the town at least through the police and their social services now riding along with the police on some responses is certainly a step in the right direction to help. Um, and this certainly is a key piece of that as well. Absolutely. And I think it speaks very highly of um, our school admin that they're seeking out these opportunities to provide to our educators. And I think it also speaks very highly of our educators that they're seeking out um, the opportunity to um, avail themselves of these programs when uh, our admin do um, secure them. So um, it's, again, just it's reflective of the culture that you know, we build in Franklin Public Schools and the culture that the individual schools themselves have been um, very determined to cultivate. And ultimately that, you know, it's only to the benefit of Franklin students. So, and I was also very encouraged to see that uh, this has been up and running and can hopefully be continued um, as needs arise and present themselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then from the elementary arena, you jumped into the high school arena with an update on the program of studies. Yeah, and they were, um, you know, they they offered a, a lot. Uh, you know, the kind of, um, you know, the, the new programs uh, that are that are being added, some that are being removed. One of the ones uh, that immediately jumped out at me, though, was a, a new graduation requirement uh, of a personal finance class. Mm. And, uh, you know, and now this wouldn't be for just a, you know, any listeners uh, who, you know, maybe have a senior graduating, uh, you know, in a couple of months. It doesn't apply to them. Uh, this is for, you know, this will be for, for uh, new incoming freshmen. So later on, the class of 2028. 20, um, but uh, now, yeah, there'll be every every student kind of coming out of Franklin is going to have a personal finance class, which is something, honestly, you know, every American should have that uh, regardless of, of age. But, uh, you know, I feel like especially it's, you know, one of the biggest things is, you know, it helps just generate just a, a better citizen as they're kind yeah. of going out to the world. 
but also, you know, is that so many, there's so many conversations kind of happening about like the student loan uh, issues kind of facing so many of our, uh, you know, uh, young Americans right now that I think as if, you know, you're 18 years old and about to take on a loan of, you know, quarter million dollars to at least to kind of, you know, have that personal financing, understand what those interest rates actually mean, how much what that, that payout, uh, you know, is, is going to be, how long you're going to be saddled with that. There's uh, there's some great benefits in that moment, I think, for those high schoolers. And then obviously just, you know, societal benefits too, which mm. is a more better informed public. Yeah, it may even start fostering and well, the respect clearly are people going to do and want to do what they think they want to do. And then over time, you generally find out, well, maybe I don't like this. Maybe I want that, et cetera. But there are tools now available in terms of, OK, what's the expected annual income of certain roles? Now, granted, there are also roles that are coming that certainly were not available in my <laughs> schooling. Roles probably are now being hired for that weren't even available when you were going to school. So that dynamism is still out there. But if somebody's coming out and you know wanting to be a particular role and then not understanding that, oh, if I have a loan that's going to pay that, it's going to take me twice as long, for example, as opposed to if I had this job and then had the loan. Those kinds of discussions and decisions, um, that 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 kind of information should help make better decisions. Absolutely. And I think it's uh, fantastic that we're providing uh, Franklin high schoolers with um, those tools and those fundamentals to make those decisions. Um, exactly to Dave's point, when it, when it comes to, to student loans, yeah, I mean, you, like as, as a high schooler, you don't like really appreciate or know what student loans actually mean when you're taking them on, when you're when, when mm. you're signing your life away there at the at the age of 18, when you're entering college and what that really uh, means once you graduate. Um, yeah, because I mean, to your point, Steve, no matter what you know, new positions you might see um, develop and emerge as you know the economy of the present and future changes. You know, the fundamentals of of budgeting, of debt, of you know knowing how to how to balance your checkbook, which used to be a physical checkbook and now mm. is a, a, now is a virtual one. Um, you know, yeah, those those are all fundamentals that um, are are essential to learn. You know, particularly you know as as high schoolers, I remember. You know, when when I was in high school and I got my got my first job, I was like, oh, I have I have all this money now. It's great. But, you know, not appreciating that still, you know, still I'm I'm not paying for most of um, most of the things that I take for granted every day and really kind of instilling those fundamentals of what it means to to have a budget and to live within um, those means responsibly. I think it's you know, so valuable for not just every high schooler and um, every young adult in college and after college, but just really um every every person so um you know if we can you know try to do whatever we can to instill those just very fundamental and useful life skills um to franklin students it's going to be just so enriching for them um not just in their present but really um pay dividends if you will um in their future <laughs> i see what you did there yeah yeah <laughs> <Ka> <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming at first. <laughs> that's, that's that's why Dave put me on budget. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then somewhat related, but the I think the overall in terms of just the personal finance, but being you know good citizens, good uh, neighbors, restoring community service hours, which 
had been taken away clearly during COVID when those opportunities weren't even available. That's understandable. Um, but now at least post COVID, returning them and as a requirement. And I think both the community, the nonprofits who generally can use them, um, and then the students who clearly, when you give, you get, I think, um, that, that's gonna be good. No, I think it's gonna be great. And it's not, um, you know, it, it's not gonna be a giant hurdle. I think it's uh, 20 hours uh, that they're gonna be looking at. So it's, you know, like the, the barrier to accomplish that is completely reasonable. And, you know, the, the admin is all on board with like the, any verification process that they have to do, too, to, in terms of the sign off. And so at the end of the day, it's just throwing out a lot of good into the community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the recipients and the, you know, the students themselves are both going to be able to get all that good back, too. And so I think it was uh, it was great to see that return uh, coming on back. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It's, and it's been so encouraging as we've seen so many presentations um, from just different schools and different after school programs, you know, from the high school on down, how many of the programs you know, and, you know, and clubs, you know, in the Franklin school system, you know, they've been partnering with, um, with Franklin Food Pantry. Uh, we, I know we have partnerships as a um, school system with Safe Coalition and other opportunities with other um, local nonprofits and, and organizations. It's is so um, enriching to you know, teach our students that they're, you know, that they're, they're a part of you know, a larger community and um, a larger society and to really um, instill in them that um, desire for service and to, um, to give back and contribute where they can. And, you know, again, that's not only improves, you know, their lives and, and shows them how to really, you know, give and help enrich and, and bless other people's lives. It, it improves our community in, in the immediate term. And then ultimately, as they go out, you know, into the world, you know, in college and after college, and it, it enriches our, our world as well by just, you know, showing what a responsible and caring citizen looks like. And that starts right here with um, the fundamentals that they that they learn while they're in their elementary and, and secondary education here in Franklin. If, you know, if we can do that and help kind of get them into those habits of service, you know, it really bene benefits them, it benefits our community and ultimately benefits our world. Oh, goodness. And then kind of closing out the meeting, you had two votes, two action items, um, both unanimous votes, but the uh, cheerleaders get to uh, go to a national competition again. They've earned it, so that's good. <laughs> They have, and uh, you say, yeah, again, uh, that was, um, Lucas had, had even mentioned, I know during our, uh, Dave and I's like packet meeting with him too, that uh, typically he would probably just put this into consent agenda items. And that's where it's, it's a quick little read and we just kind of go and, and say, check the box. We're still looking at it, but we check the box um, because the cheerleaders have done this time and again and again, they are mm. just well-oiled machine. Uh, that they're uh, they're constantly uh, winning and being able to to kind of be elevated to the next phase. It was uh, predominantly just put over here in the action items, really just because we do have that majority new uh, members, and so we wanted them the opportunity to kind of slow it down, look at it, uh, provide any uh, any kind of feedback. But yeah, once again, uh, the cheerleaders are just absolutely crushing it over there. And now basically fundraising to help finance the trip too so that, i think it's coming up in what march yeah uh yeah march like uh starts on march 14th they're down there for a while 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, to echo Dave's point, I think it speaks very highly of our, our cheerleading program that this is becoming a recurring vote that we have to take. <laughs> so um, something that, that we certainly um, won't take for granted just because of how you know, of a you know, fantastic accomplishment it is for them. But um, yeah, definitely speaks very highly of all they achieved and um, the the excellence of the program itself that it lasts year after year after year. So we look forward to hearing about their success this year and in future years. Yeah, and while they have been repetitive at success, which is no mean feat. I mean, realistically, okay, the cheerleaders are of four classes, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. The seniors graduate, somebody moves up, you got a new set. So you, you each year you've got a slightly different team yeah. and yet they still have been consistent. That, that That's an amazing process. It really is. And then, um, you know, we got, uh, we just mentioned during like so the, the new business section too, that we'll be having uh, looking at uh, the, might get a first draft of next school year's calendar. And uh, where that one might kind of be coming around to us for that next uh, next Tuesday meeting. And uh, we get a little bit of, you know, we get where feedback, uh, get go take a look at it. Um, and then likely kind of come on back after a bit of revision for that final draft. But uh, you know, it's just, just a couple of weeks after the new year and they're already looking ahead towards uh, September. Yeah. The planning is not a one and done. Uh, I think even last time when we talked about uh, the food service and he was already planning the menus for next school year um, <laughs> here, you're planning, you know, the school calendar. And obviously you've also got the teacher contract to make sure they have a number of days, uh, professional development their specific time You've got the different holidays to work around where they fall in the calendar. It's it, it's a it's a cyclical opportunity. And yeah, it, it does take time to do. You just can't sit down and say, oh, go. <laughs> yep, exactly. Always thinking ahead. And uh that you know, it, it speaks very highly of of Superintendent Gear and the entire admin team that you now they're always taking a look at what's ahead of us while at the same time balancing um, what we have in front of us right now. So um, yeah, we're very fortunate to have them and looking forward to all the work that we'll be doing um, this school year ahead and afterwards. And you'll be having some more budget things, I'm assuming. So, cause you're into the budget season now with the capital budget going forward. Um, if I recall correctly, and I haven't seen yet, so it'll probably be in the February timeframe, the capital budget subcommittee for the town council will review the FinCom recommendations and then bring it to the town council. So that may happen all said and done by the end of March, I would think, given the normal timelines. But yeah, stay tuned. Things are continuing to process. And in the meantime, you'll be, or the, the school department certainly will be working on uh, the budgets. And I think even from a joint budget subcommittee, you've got a meeting in March, if I recall. Um, yes. So we'll be having our uh, school budget subcommittee meetings um, you know, with in the next few weeks. And of course, over the course of the next few months, and I don't know if we have the date itself confirmed, but you are correct. From what I understand, we'll be having the next joint budget subcommittee meeting in early March or around that time to 
uh, continue that conversation based on um, the input from all the different town departments in terms of what they believe that their needs are. So we look forward to being part of that larger conversation as well as our specific conversation on the school side. So absolutely stay tuned. Yeah, because on the school side, that'll be that'll be the preview of, if I recall correctly, you already have, the schools already have kind of a four-year outlook and they were adding the fifth year for the request. So this would be the, the first time you get to see the, we all get to see the five-year outlook as to what it looks like. Exactly. Yeah. Just so that way we could really kind of, because I know it has the, the you know, five-year uh, projections have kind of been made out and, uh, but with the, the schools that just kind of a placeholder. And mm -hmm. so now we'll really kind of be able to put that in so that away, you know, the, the whole, the community at large can kind of just go and see uh, and say, all right, you know, here's just level service. Here's what we're going to be able to to provide. Here's all the, the cuts that might have to be made just to provide level service. And what are some of the, the asks too that we're looking at uh, that they would like to, to grow off into? So I think mm -hmm. there's, there's going to be a lot of those conversations coming around. And um, as both had mentioned, look forward to that one in March. Your work is never done. So I thank you for taking time today because I'm sure you might have still some other school committee stuff to do. So we appreciate that time to take time to share with the community um, some of the insights based upon your full night last Tuesday. And uh, we'll meet again uh, after your next meeting and continue to uh, share out the info. So thank you again for taking time to do this. Absolutely. As always, uh, I, I thank you for uh, just for facilitating this and uh, getting the word out. So thank you so much, Steve. Thank you very much, Steve. We always appreciate the opportunity. And for the listeners, uh, final reminder, we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley, the piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.